اِذْ وَنْ يَقُولُ He says, الْمُنَافِقُونَ The hypocrites. وَالَّذِينَ And those who فِي قُلُوبِهِمْ In their hearts مَرَضٌ A disease. These verses are about the battle of Badr. And basically in these verses, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling us about the different attitudes of people towards the battle, in the battle, and the lessons that can be learned from that. And in this ayah in particular, the words or the statements of the hypocrites are mentioned. What did the hypocrites say at that time? Those who had weak faith or those who had the disease of doubt in their hearts? They said about the Muslims that غَرَّ It has deceived. What has deceived? هَأُولَاءِ These people, meaning the Muslims, what has deceived them? دِينُهُمْ Their religion. Their religion has deluded them. غَرَّ is from غُرُور. And غُرُور is deception, delusion, to give someone a false understanding of something so they're deceived easily. So their religion has deluded them Meaning, they don't understand how serious the situation is. And here it is, 300 of them have come to face the people of Mecca, which are a thousand, three times their number, and they're also far better equipped. And here, this group of Muslims, what are they doing? Thinking that they can be victorious over the mushrikeen. So, they were basically criticizing the Muslims and mocking at them. Here were some Muslims who had come out with sincerity, with trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, whatever they had, they had brought out in order to defend the religion of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And what happened? There were people who were criticizing them, mocking at them, saying that their religion has deluded them. And many times it happens with people that when they start something new, or when they start something to serve Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to serve the religion of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and people see them as short in their resources, short in their money or whatever it may be, then what happens? People say, you're not going to get anywhere. You think you can actually get something done with this little money? What do you think you can do? What change do you think you can create with your little efforts? And many times people have to hear such comments when they take a step forward in their religion. Like for example, I remember when I was young and I started wearing the hijab. I was very young. I remember somebody telling me, you think you've become very righteous? And I didn't even know what righteous meant. Like seriously, I was so young, I was so naive, you can imagine. And they're like, you think you're very pious, you're very righteous? That you cover your head? And it was kind of hurtful to hear those words. But this was just the beginning, right? Because as you go forward in the way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, people criticize you for everything. Everything. Why you said something, why you did something, why you went somewhere. People are not happy at all. They're looking for faults, literally looking for faults. So sometimes there are people who are apparently with you. I mean, these are munafiqeen. Who are the munafiqeen? Who had outwardly embraced Islam, who were supposed to be on the side of the Muslims. But what were they doing? Discouraging the Muslims by mocking at them. So be prepared to hear such statements, such words from people who are around you, who will discourage you. So, إِذْ يَقُولُ الْمُنَافِقُونَ وَالَّذِينَ فِي قُلُوبِهِمْ مَرَضٌ غَرَّهَا أُولَاءِ دِينُهُمْ Their religion has made them crazy. What do they think they're doing? Can they be victorious ever? Look at their numbers, look at their weakness, and look at what they've come to face. 
But Allah says, But whoever places his trust upon Allah, فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ عَزِيزٌ حَكِيمٌ Then indeed Allah is mighty and wise. Meaning, if you're trusting on Allah, then Allah is mighty. He is the one who will give you victory. And Hakim, he is wise. And remember that the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Hakim, is not just derived from the word hikmah, meaning wisdom. It is also derived from the word hukum. And hukum means judgment, decision. So Hakim is one whose judgment is based on his wisdom, and his judgment, his decision is always implemented. So if he decides to give you victory, if he decides to make you successful, then there is nothing at all that can make you fail. There is nothing at all that can weaken you. And that's exactly what happened. The Muslims, the 300 of them, the Prophet ﷺ, their leader, when they came to the battlefield, were they trusting upon their resources? Were they trusting upon their numbers? No. They placed all of their trust upon who? Allah Azzawajal. And when they trusted on Allah, then Allah was mighty. Meaning, He helped them with His might. And he is Hakim, meaning he decided that they should be victorious. So even though the circumstances were apparently against the Muslims, not in their favor at all, what happened? Allah still granted victory to his friends. And this is true. The one who trusts on Allah, then Allah will help him. And he will help him from where that person cannot even imagine. Because Allah is Azizun Hakim. One of the companions, he said that some people from Makkah, they were still in Makkah. They were considering to become Muslim. But when they went with the mushrikeen to Badr, meaning to fight against the Muslims, and they saw how few the Muslims were, they said, These people are never going to win. It's better we stay as we are. There's no point in joining the Muslims. They said, their religion has deluded them. It has deceived them. Abu Jahl also, he said something similar. That by Allah, after this day, they will never worship Allah. Meaning, we're going to eliminate them and that's it. They're never going to be able to practice their religion. This religion has deceived them, has deluded them. They're not going to get anywhere after today. And these comments, sometimes they come from the enemy. And sometimes they come from who? The hidden enemies. People who are apparently with you. But they're not actually with you. So they will discourage you. They will criticize you. So it's very important that at these times, who does a person trust upon? Who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because sometimes, the people who are around you, what do you expect from them? Words of support. Words of acceptance. Words of encouragement. Right? But when they criticize you, then what happens? You lose all your confidence. You start doubting yourself. You wonder if what you're doing is right even. Right? You start doubting yourself. So in that situation, what should a person do? Say, Allah is enough for me. If Allah likes this action and I'm doing it, that is sufficient. Even if not a single person praises me, not a single person acknowledges my efforts, whose acknowledgement is enough for me? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because I am in His way, and I am doing this for Him, and His approval is sufficient for me. I don't need people to praise me and push me forward. Some people, they're motivated by what? The praise of people. The acceptance, the cooperation of people. If everybody supports them, they'll do it. But as soon as they hear one word of criticism, what happens? They just sit back. But such people cannot go far in life. 
Think about it. Any politician, any politician, any part of the world, you think he's not criticized? You think he's not criticized? They're criticized. They're made fun of. People make their videos and put them on Facebook, on YouTube. And thousands and thousands of people watch them. They laugh at them. They joke about them. Right? But still, these people are so firm. Aren't they? They're so firm. They don't care about what others are saying. I mean, I'm sure it bothers them. But does it stop them from their work? No. You see them still fighting for office. And you wonder, on what basis are they doing that? But still, they're so persistent. They don't give up. So why is it that we give up just because someone didn't praise us? Just because someone didn't support us? Why should we give up? Is our deen so unimportant to us? What do you cling on to? What you value. Isn't it? What you love. What you want. If you want it, you don't care if somebody's making fun of you or somebody's supporting you or what's happening. Like you know little children, if they want to do something, they want to wear a certain outfit. right? And you tell them, no, it doesn't look nice, it's too short on you, it doesn't fit you properly, you look like a girl. They like it, they'll still wear it. Isn't it so? And you feel embarrassed, but because they want to do it, they'll do it anyway. They don't care about the criticism of other people. Yes. Assalamualaikum. This reminds me of a story that um, Sheikh Muhammad al-Sharif told us in a class. He said that he was very young, he just finished his studies. Um, I don't remember exactly where he went. Then he went to Egypt, and he met this politician, or a guy who was very important in society. And the person asked him, so... You're very young, you have a lot of talent. What do you plan on doing with your life? He said, oh, I plan on teaching the Qur'an and basing my life around the Qur'an and the teachings of the Sunnah. The other person was so shocked, he had milk or something in his mouth. He spit it all out and he's just laughing. What do you mean you're going to teach Qur'an? What does that? It's not going to lead you anywhere. Come on, you're young, you can do better than that. And the person made so much fun of him that he went home, he just sat there, he was... Totally disheartened, but he still went on with his project. And look at him today, Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Trusting on Allah, not on yourself. You know, Musa salam, when he was sent to talk to Fir'aun, he said to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that I can't go because he said, Send my brother because he's more eloquent than I am. Hmm? Because Musa salam, could not speak clearly. And Also he said that I have a crime against them, so I'm afraid they're going to catch me and kill me. But what did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say? That no, kalla, not at all. You have to go, we'll send your brother as a help for you, but you have to go. So then what did he do? Did he rely upon his power or his past history or anything? No, he couldn't. What did he rely upon? Who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So he instantly made dua. رَبِّ شْرَحْ لِي صَدْرِي وَيَسِّرْ لِي أَمْرِي وَحْلُ الْعُقْدَةً مِنْ لِسَانِي He made dua to Allah. He turned to Allah. So whoever turns to Allah at these times, then Allah is sufficient for him. وَلَوْ تَرَى And if only you could see, إِذْ وَنْ يَتَوَفَّى يَتَوَفَّى He was taking in full. Meaning, he was causing to die. Who? Who was being caused to die? Alladina kafaru. So whose souls were being taken? The disbeliever souls were being taken. By who? Who was causing them to die? Who was taking their souls away? Al-malaikatu, the angels. Allah says, if only you could see 
when the angels were taking the souls of the disbelievers in the battlefield. How were they taking them? Yadribuna. They were striking. Wujuhahum, their faces, وَأَدْبَارَهُمْ and their backs. As they were taking their souls, as they were causing them to die, imagine the angels were killing them. How? يَضْرِبُونَ وُجُوهَهُمْ وَأَدْبَارَهُمْ And they were saying, وَذُوقُوا and taste عَذَابَ الْحَرِيقِ The punishment of the burning fire. The punishment of the fire did not yet begin for them as soon as they died, but it was going to come very soon. So, ذُوقُوا عَذَابَ الْحَرِيقِ Because remember that when the angels come to take the soul of a person, if a person is a righteous person, an obedient soul, then what happens? They take the soul gently, very gently. They comfort him. They give him good news. They tell him, don't fear. Don't have any worries. Come forward to a Lord who's happy with you. Come meet your Lord. Come, let's go home and you can relax now. They speak to him gently, encourage him. So what happens? The soul of the believer comes out of the body just like water comes out of a water skin. You know like water is being poured out of a jug. How smoothly, how gently it just comes out. This is how the soul of the believer leaves. But a disbeliever, a person who is disobedient, who has a khabith soul, then what happens when the angels of death come to take his soul? They give him bad news. Scary angels. They punish him from the moment that they start taking his soul out. So that is what is mentioned over here. That even in the battlefield, you just saw people dropping dead. But what was actually going on? The angels were striking them on their faces, on their backs, and telling them, taste the punishment of the blaze. ذَلِكَ that بِمَا بِكَزْ قَدَّمَتْ أَيْدِيكُمْ What your hand sent forward. This is because of what you yourself did. Meaning you meet this end today of عذاب الحريق, of a miserable death. Why? Because this is what you prepared for yourself. Because you die as you live. A person dies in the manner that he has lived. In the sense that, his death is a result of how he has lived. If he has lived a good life, he will die a good death. And if he has led a miserable life in the sense that he's disobedient, then his death will also be such. So, ذَلِكَ بِمَا قَدَّمَتْ أَيْدِيكُمْ وَأَنَّ اللَّهَ And that indeed Allah لَيْسَ He is not بِظَلَّامْ In the least unjust. لِلْعَبِيدِ To the servants. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not unjust even a little bit towards His servants. Notice the word ظلام. ظلام is from ظلم. One is ظالم. ظالم is he who does ظلم. ظلام is one who does a lot of ظلم. Okay? So when it is said, وَأَنَّ اللَّهَ لَيْسَ بِظَلَّامٍ لِلْعَبِيدٍ Now ظلام is being negated. So it's Basically referring to the other extreme, that Allah does not do even a little bit of injustice. He does not commit even a little bit of injustice. Why? Because in hadith we learn that, O oh my servants, I have made injustice haram upon myself. What has Allah prescribed on Himself? كَتَبَ رَبُّكُمْ عَلَى نَفْسِهِ He has made mercy mandatory on Himself. And He has made injustice unlawful for Himself. Meaning he does not commit any kind of injustice at all. وَأَنَّ اللَّهَ لَيْسَ بِظَلَّامٍ لِلْعَبِيدِ So if a person suffers, if a person ends up in punishment, ends up suffering 
bad consequences, it's because who? It's because of what? Allah is being unfair with him? It's because of what? He has brought this upon himself. Remember that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He has many servants, more than we can count. You know how many angels there are? Unlimited. We cannot even count them. From a hadith we learn that there are more angels present on the earth on the night of power, on Laylatul Qadr, than the number of pebbles on the earth. Just imagine, how many angels are there that are worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, obedient to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, praising Him, glorifying Him, and they never get tired of worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. These angels who rush to perform good deeds, who love to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So you think, after all those angels, Allah needs our worship? Does He need us at all? No, not at all. He doesn't need us at all, which is why in the Quran Allah says that if He wants, He can just replace you with another creation. You're not needed by Allah. وَإِمَّنْ شَيْءٍ إِلَّا يُسَبِّحُ بِحَمْدِهِ There is not a thing except that it is glorifying Allah subhanahu wa taala. Everything is worshiping Allah. So the fact is that Allah does not need us. So when He created Adam, when He has created His children, it is why to test us to see what do we do. If we do good, Allah subhanahu wa taala has the greatest rewards prepared for the children of Adam for eternity in Jannah. In Jannah. This is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has in store for His righteous servants. And if a person doesn't want it, he turns away, then obviously, what does he deserve? Punishment. That doesn't harm Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala at all. And if Allah punishes that servant for the sin that he is committing, then is Allah wrong in that? No. He is very fair in that. And given the great status of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, His jalal, His might, if He punishes the entire creation also, for the sins that they commit against Him, against His greatness, then remember that would not be injustice. One of the scholars, he said, that if Allah were to throw the entire creation in hellfire, that would still not be injustice. You know why? Because His status is so high. He is so great. He is so perfect. He is so sublime that when we commit a sin, when we lie, when we cheat, when we spend even a moment without remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then what happens? We become the lowest of the low. We become the lowest of the low. And the fact is that all of us, we commit sin. All of us, there are moments when we are ungrateful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There are moments when we are completely heedless of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Isn't it so? Which is why, if you think about it, when we go to the washroom, and when we don't remember Allah at all, when we come out, what do we say? What do we say? غُفْرَانَكَ I beg your pardon, O Allah, that I didn't remember you for these moments. I didn't say any word of dhikr. So imagine if we are spending days and days and days without worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Aren't we committing injustice against Him? Aren't we? So if Allah punishes a servant because of his sin, how can we dare say that that is not fair? How can we dare say that hellfire doesn't make sense to me? Why did Allah create hell? There is a reason. The problem is that we don't understand the greatness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَمَا قَدْرُ اللَّهَ حَقَّ قَدْرِهِ 
if we recognized his greatness if we understood if we understood the level the rank that he has then we would never say such words so the fact is that wa anna allaha laysa biwallamin lil abid if you think about it these mushrikeen of makkah who were dying at the battlefield who were being killed over there taken directly to hellfire you think that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was being unfair with them not at all for 40 years these people saw the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam they knew who he was when he claimed prophethood they turned against him 13 years they persecuted him until he had to leave and then 2 years again they didn't leave him so then if they're being punished for such crimes that they were committing against his messenger for so many many years if now they're punished is that injustice that's not injustice at all that is actually justice this is fairness that those who have been oppressing meet their end those who have been opposing unjustly inflicting harm on others persecuting the lives of others now they are brought to justice so wa anna allah laysa bi-ghallamin lil-'abid allah says kadabi like the custom of who ali fir'aun the people of fir'aun meaning the end of the mushrikeen of makkah has been exactly like the way of who the people of fir'aun the word da'b is from the root letters dal hamza ba da'ba is to walk but it is to walk continuously to keep going 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 continuously and from this the word da'b is also used for a usual habit a norm a practice because whatever you do continuously for a long time then what happens it becomes your habit right it becomes a part of you from the same root is the word da'ibain in the quran that allah says وَسَخَّرَ الشَّمْسَ وَالْقَمَرَ دَائِبَيْنَ Allah has subjected the sun and the moon دَائِبَيْنَ meaning they're continuously going on their orbits. Constantly. Meaning every day the sun rises, it sets, the moon, it appears, and it goes. And this is a cycle that has been going on since when? Since the beginning. Right? And it goes on every day until the end of time. So, كَدَأْبِ دَأْبْ over here, what does it mean? Custom. meaning they have gone the exact same way as the people of Fir'aun did they have gone the exact same way as the people of Fir'aun did walladhina min qablihim and those before them what was the way what was the habit what was the custom of the people of Fir'aun what happened to them kafaru bi ayatillah they disbelieved in the verses of Allah and when they disbelieved fa akhadhahum Allah bi dhunubihim So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sees them. For what? Because of their sins. Meaning He punished them because of their sins. So what happened to the mushrikeen of Makkah? They also disbelieved in the ayat of Allah. And then soon after what happened? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sees them for their sins. And not just Fir'aun, not just the people of Makkah. But if you think about it, every person who is punished at the end, who ends up in hellfire, it's because of this reason. Allah gives them blessings. They don't make use of them. Instead, they become ungrateful. They deny the blessings of Allah. They deny the messenger of Allah. They deny the ayat of Allah. And as a result, they are punished. إِنَّ اللَّهَ قَوِيٌّ Indeed, Allah is strong. شَدِيدُ الْعِقَابِ Severe in penalty. He is powerful. He is capable of punishing people. And He is شَدِيدُ الْعِقَابِ Severe in penalty. So fear Him. Fear His punishment. Because if somebody punishes you for the wrong that you've done, 
and they're obviously human being, how much can they do? What can they do maximum? Like for example, if you don't show up at your work, you don't get your work done, what can the boss do? Maximum. Fire you. Yeah? Fire you. So then what will happen? What will you do? Find another job. Can you do that? Easily. If your teacher says, I'm not going to accept your assignment now, because you didn't submit it, now I'm not going to accept it. So then what happens? You're like, okay, I failed in this course, I'll just take another one. Right? I'll drop out of this course and I'll start a different one. Right? So the thing is that any punishment of this world that is given by people, it's not severe. It's not too serious. But the punishment that Allah gives, then no one can escape that. If Allah catches a servant, if Allah holds a servant accountable, then remember that person cannot escape. He can never be saved. So, in Allah qawiyun shadidul iqab, He is severe in penalty. So fear His punishment. ذلك, that is bi'an Allah, because indeed Allah lam not yaku. He is mughayiran, one to change. Mughayir. What's the root? What's the root? Ghain, not gha. Don't say gha. What's the root? Ghain, ya, ra. Ghayyara, yughayiru, taghyir. Taghyir means to change. But how? There's two ways of changing something or changing things. Let me give you an example. I changed the sheets. What does that mean? She changed her clothes. What does that mean? Quickly, respond. Changed as in? replaced, right? That she was wearing some clothes, she went and replaced them with other clothes, right? So she took something away and replaced it with something else. This is one kind of taghir, replacement, alright? And the other is alteration, to alter. Like for example, I changed the recipe. I changed the instructions. I changed the assignment. What does it mean? That I edited it. I made it slightly different from how it was before. I didn't replace it completely, but I just edited it a little bit. Hmm? So over here, what does it mean by mughayir? Could be both. Could be both. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not change what? Ni'matan, a blessing that an'amaha ala qawmin. That He has blessed upon a people. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives a blessing to a people. He says that He is not going to change it, meaning He's not going to alter it, He's not going to replace it with something worse. Hatta until yugayiru, they change ma that which be anfusihim with themselves. Until they change what is going on with them, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not going to change their blessings. What does it mean? The people of Fir'aun are mentioned in the previous ayah. The mushrikeen are mentioned. Did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless them with many blessings? Yes, many blessings. And then what happened? Fir'aun, he had so many treasures, so many people, so many lands, so much power. All of a sudden, everything ended up where? In the sea. Everything finished. He was drowned and everything he had was lost. Correct? So what happened? His blessing was changed. Why was it changed? What happened? How come Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave him so much before and now everything was taken away or everything was destroyed? 
The people of Makkah also, they had their freedom. Look at Abu Jahl. Look at Abu Lahab. All those people who came to the battle, they had their freedom, their money, their power, their influence. They had everything. And then what happened? All of a sudden, they lost their lives. They lost so many of their friends. They lost so much of their money in freeing their captives. Why did everything change? What happened? What went wrong? What do we learn in this ayah? They changed themselves. What does it mean? How did they change themselves? They were previously grateful. Now they became ungrateful. They were previously those who had some kind of faith in God. And now in rebellion against the messenger, what happened? That entire faith, they left it. They left it. And this is true, not just with Fir'aun, not just the Mushrikeen of Makkah, but with every nation and every individual even. If you had a blessing and then you lost it, whether it was the blessing of happiness in your family, or it was the blessing of money, or it was the blessing of health, why did it change? Because you did something wrong. You did something wrong. Like for example, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created you with a healthy body. Hmm? He gave you a healthy body. And then what happened? You stuffed your body with junk. Right? You ate unhealthy. You had poor habits. So then what happened? You became sick. Correct? You became sick. So if we are suffering in our lives, if our blessings are taken away, that is a direct result of what? Our ingratitude, our disobedience. Because Allah doesn't change the blessings of a people until they change what is with themselves. وَأَنَّ اللَّهَ سَمِيعٌ عَلِيمٌ And indeed Allah is hearing and knowing. He hears what you say in your heart. The words of ingratitude. People don't hear them. Allah hears them. He knows what you're doing with the blessings that He's given you. The thing is that whatever we have, we think that we deserve it. Isn't it? We feel entitled to the blessings that we have. We feel that we deserve to live a good life. And because of that, we are not grateful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because of that, we misuse what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us. And as a result, what happens? Gratitude turns into ingratitude. And the blessings that we have, they are lost, they are taken away. Can that be? Like the habit, like the custom of who? Ali Fir'aun, the people of Fir'aun. وَالَّذِينَ مِنْ قَبْلِهِمْ And those before them. كَذَّبُوا بِآيَاتِ رَبِّهِمْ Allah repeats that these people have gone the exact same way like the people of Fir'aun and those before them. What did they do? They denied the ayat of their Lord. فَأَهْلَكْنَاهُمْ So we destroyed them. بِذُنُوبِهِمْ Because of their sins. وَأَغْرَقْنَا And we drowned آلَ فرعون, The people of Fir'aun وَكُلٌّ كَانُوا ظَالِمِينَ And all of them, they were wrongdoers. All of them, they did ظُن. إِنَّ Indeed, شَرَّ Evil الدواب, The creatures Meaning the most evil of all creatures are who? In the law, in the sight of Allah, are who? Alladina kafaru, those who disbelieve, fahum la yu'minun, so they do not believe. The worst of all the living creatures are who? 
those who don't use their mind and as a result they disbelieve and they don't believe فَهُمْ لَا يُؤْمِنُونَ Despite seeing the truth, despite understanding the evidences, instead of believing, what are they doing? Disbelieving. Such people are the worst of all creatures in the sight of Allah. It doesn't matter what they eat, it doesn't matter what they wear, it doesn't matter how they speak. Because of their disbelief, because of their rejection of the truth, what do they become? The worst of all creatures. الَّذِينَ Those who... عَهَدْتَ You made a treaty. You made a covenant. minhum from them. Meaning with them you made a covenant. You made a promise, a peace treaty. And then what happened? ثُمَّ then يَنْقُضُونَ They break. يَنْقُضُونَ from نَقْضُ To break, to violate. Meaning to break a covenant. So they break عَهْدَهُمْ Their promise. فِي كُلِّ مَرَّةٍ In every time. Meaning every time what happens? They break their covenant. They break their promise. وَهُمْ لَا And they do not fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Who is being mentioned over here? These verses are particularly about a tribe of the Yahud who lived in Medina. Remember that when the Prophet ﷺ migrated to Medina, he took the initiative and he made a peace treaty with all the different people who lived in Medina. Why? So that with this difference that they had in religion, they would still have respect for one another and they would still come together when there would be a need. Right? That despite differences, they could exist in harmony. That's what the Prophet ﷺ wanted. So even with the Yahud who chose to remain as disbelievers, who didn't want to accept the Prophethood of Muhammad ﷺ, what happened? He made a peace treaty with them. Part of that was what? That if Medina is under attack. Meaning, that if the people of Medina are facing a threat from an outer enemy, then what is the responsibility of all the people of Medina, regardless of their religion? What will they do? They will come together and defend. They will come together and defend the city and its people. Alright? And also, that meant that you're not going to support the enemy of any of these groups. Right? The enemy of any people who live in Medina. You're not going to support them. Because if you're supporting them, then who are you going against? The people of Medina. So what happened at the Battle of Badr? At the Battle of Badr, when the Prophet ﷺ returned, first of all, the Yahud should have offered their help, should have supported them. So first of all, they didn't do that. Secondly, they started mocking at the Muslims. They started mocking at the Muslims that, oh, you were just dealing with some Arabs. When you encounter us in the battlefield, then we'll show you what war means. Then we'll show you what victory is and we'll show you what defeat is. So they started mocking at the Muslims and threatening them that, you know, you don't know what war is like. If you ever have to fight with us, then we'll show you. I mean, these are people who are supposed to be living together in harmony. Okay, You're supposed to be happy at the victory of the Muslims that the people of your city have come back home victorious and here you are mocking at them and threatening them. And there were many small incidents that happened that caused many tensions between the Muslims and the Yahud. And in particular from the tribe of Banu Qaynuqar. Banu Qaynuqar was one of the Jewish tribes. What happened that a Muslim woman, she went to a goldsmith. Basically the Yahud, they were very wealthy, right? 
they were goldsmiths, meaning they made jewelry and everything, and they sold it, and they also made weapons of war. Hmm? Gold and weapons. So anyway, this Muslim woman, she went shopping, and she wanted to buy some gold. And there was a Jewish man who was selling the gold. The goldsmith was a Jewish man. He insisted that she show her face to him. And obviously she refused. So what happened? He got very upset and he hung a part of her garment on a hook without her realizing. So then eventually when she got up to leave, what happened? That her garments tore, completely ripped, and she basically become bare naked in the middle of a marketplace. Imagine this is a woman who had come covered. When a Muslim man who happened to be there, when he saw that, he was very furious. He just came and a fight broke out between the two men and the Muslim man ended up killing the Jewish man. So what happened? The Jews came and they killed that Muslim man. And the news came to the Prophet ﷺ. He came to the scene and basically, with a lot of difficulty, the situation was calmed down. But the Prophet ﷺ then, he took a step against the Jews of Banu Qaynuqar they took refuge in their forts and the Prophet ﷺ laid siege. After a couple of days, the Jews gave up and the Prophet ﷺ had initially decided, and this was the law of the Jews, that the men be killed and the women be taken as captives. But Abdullah bin Ubay, the hypocrite, he came forward and he said that no, you cannot do that. So basically, their people were exiled. They were told to leave. So this is what happened with the Banu Qaynuqar. And this is not very long since the treaty was made. And there were many, many things that happened in the middle. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is talking about these people here, that indeed the worst of creatures in the sight of Allah are who? Those who disbelieve, and so they don't have any faith. They see the truth, yet they don't believe. They understand that Muhammad wasallam is the messenger. They knew him better than they knew their own children. They recognized him as a prophet, yet they disbelieved. So if a person, despite knowledge, he rejects, then what kind of morality does he have? What kind of a human being is he? If despite knowing the truth, you pretend like you don't know, if despite understanding, you behave like someone who doesn't know, then really, this person does not remain a human being. Because a human being, he has a moral compass inside of his heart. Right? And that heart will tell him, if you understand it, you better accept it. And if you don't understand it, okay, then you have a reason to refuse. But if you know, yet you reject, then that is not acceptable. This is why Allah says, إِنَّ شَرَّ Allah. The worst of all creatures in the sight of Allah are such who disbelieve, so they don't believe. Those with whom you made a promise, you took the step in order to be at peace with them, in order to live in harmony. But what did these people do? They broke their covenant. They broke their covenant. Instead of siding with you, they're against you. Instead of supporting you, they're mocking at you. Instead of defending you, they're harassing you. You, your women. الَّذِينَ عَاهَدْتَ مِنْهُمْ ثُمَّ يَنْقُضُونَ عَهْدَهُمْ فِي كُلِّ مَرَّةٍ وَهُمْ لَا يَتَّقُونَ And they have no fear of God. They don't fear Allah at all with regards to the sins that they're committing. Because if they had even the slightest amount of fear of God, they wouldn't treat women the way they treated that particular woman who came. They wouldn't have done that. وَهُمْ لَا يَتَّقُونَ So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, such people, فَإِمَّا سُئِفْ تَثْقَفَنَّهُمْ You gain dominance over them. Where? فِي الْحَرْبِ In the war. 
تَثْقَفَنَّهُمْ سَقَفَ سَقْف Which is to gain mastery over, to skillfully catch someone, to get the better of them. So in other words, if you defeat them in battle, then what should you do? If you overcome them, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives you dominance over them, then don't say, fine, go your way, I, we forgive you. No. Then punish them very severely. Take very harsh steps against them. فَشَرِّدْ بِهِمْ مَنْ خَلْفَهُمْ شَرِّدْ From the root letters, شِينْ رَا دَال شِينْ رَا دَال تَشْرِيد is basically to cause someone to run away by frightening them. To cause someone to run away, how? By telling them to run away. How? By frightening them. Because if you frighten someone, then really you've chased them away. And they're going to go really far. Okay? Like we learn in a hadith about the power of adhan. How powerful adhan is, that when the words of adhan are pronounced, shaitan, he gets so frightened, so frightened that he runs away. He turns around and he runs away. So far, he runs away, so that he cannot hear the words of the adhan at all. Okay? So this is what tashreed is, to frighten someone and cause them to run away. So Allah says, فَشَرِّدْ بِهِمْ so frighten and cause to run away, meaning chase away through them, man khalfahum, those who are behind them, those who are after them. لَعَلَّهُمْ يَذَّكَّرُونَ So that they can take a lesson. What does this mean? That if Allah gives you dominance over such people in battle, then deal with them very severely. So that, A, they don't have any power left to cheat you again, to deceive you again, to harm you again. And secondly, the people who are getting encouraged by their rebellion and their treachery, they're also prevented. They take a lesson that if we go their way, then we're going to be punished in a similar way. You understand? Because the thing is that if there is a person who is misbehaving, let's say in a classroom, then what happens? The other students, they say, oh, if she can do that, I can do that too. Is that so? Has it ever happened with you in school? that a friend of yours gives a very silly response to the teacher's question, and you're like, I can also say something like that. And so you say it as well. Or let's say within a family, the older sibling answers back to the parents. What will the younger one do? He will also answer back. And many times we see that the younger ones, they go farther than their older siblings. Isn't it so? Because the older siblings, they don't have any example to follow. They're just trying everything out for the first time. The younger ones, they're testing things themselves and they also see how their older brother or sister is treated. Right? So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says over here that punish these people in such a severe way so that those who are getting encouraged to rebel against you, they take a lesson. And they will stop. They won't dare deceive you like these people deceived you. They won't dare break the covenant like these people did. They will remain true to the covenant as well. So, فَشَرِّدْ بِهِمْ مَنْ خَلْفَهُمْ لَعَلَّهُمْ يَذَّكَّرُونَ وَإِمَّا and if تَخَافَنَّ You fear مِنْ قَوْمٍ from a people خِيَانَةً Treachery, betrayal, deceit. Meaning if you have a reason to believe that a certain group of people with whom you have made a treaty, they are going to betray you, then what should you do? فَمْبِذْ Then throw. نُونْ بَذَ Then throw إِلَيْهِمْ towards them عَلَى سَوَاءٌ unequal. 
meaning on equal terms. Throw what to them? Throw the covenant to them. Throw the treaty to them. In other words, openly break the treaty. If you have a reason to believe that these people are going to be treacherous, that a group with whom you made a treaty, they're going to deceive you, then don't take action against them secretly. Rather, what should you do? Openly break the treaty. Ala sawa on equal terms, meaning so that you and them are equal in knowledge. Knowledge of what? That the treaty has been finished. In Allah, indeed Allah la yuhibbul khainin. Why should you do that? Because indeed Allah does not like those who are treacherous, who betray others. So don't do khiana yourself. And if you feel that someone's going to do khiana with you, then openly break the treaty. Openly do that. Because you want to come across as someone who is honest and truthful. You don't do khiana and make sure, take every measure in order to ensure your integrity. So that people don't doubt your honesty. Let's listen to the recitation. إِذْ يَقُولُ الْمُنَافِقُونَ وَالَّذِينَ فِي قُلُوبِهِمْ مَرَضٌ غَرَّهَا أُولَاءِ دِينُهُمْ وَمَنْ يَتَوَكَّلْ عَلَى اللَّهِ فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ عَزِيزٌ حَكِيمٌ وَلَوْ تَرَى فالذين كفروا الملائكة يضربون وجوههم وأدبارهم وذوقوا عذاب الحريق ذلك بما قدمت أيديكم وأن الله ليس بظلام للعبيد كَدَأْبِ آلِ فِرْعَوْنَ وَالَّذِينَ مِنْ قَبْلِهِمْ كَفَرُوا بِآيَاتِ اللَّهِ فَأَخَذَهُمُ اللَّهُ بِذُنُوبِهِمْ إِنَّ اللَّهَ قَوِيٌّ شَدِيدُ الْعِقَابِ ذَلِكَ بِأَنَّ اللَّهَ لَمْ يَكُ مُغَيِّرًا نِعْمَةً أَنْعَمَهَا عَلَى قَوْمٍ حَتَّى يُغَيِّرُوا حَتَّى يُغَيِّرُوا مَا بِأَنفُسِهِمْ وَأَنَّ اللَّهَ سَمِيعٌ عَلِيمٌ كَدَأْبِ آلِ فِرْعَوْنَ وَالَّذِينَ مِنْ قَبْلِهِمْ كَذَّبُوا بِآيَاتِ رَبِّهِمْ فَأَهْلَكْنَاهُمْ بِذُنُوبِهِمْ وَأَغْرَقْنَا آلَ فِرْعَوْنَ وَكُلٌّ كَانُوا ظَالِمِينَ إِنَّ شَرَّ الدَّوَابِّ عِنْدَ اللَّهِ كَفَرُوا فَهُمْ لَا يُؤْمِنُونَ الَّذِينَ عَاهَدْتَ مِنْهُمْ ثُمَّ يَنْقُضُونَ عَهْدَهُمْ فِي كُلِّ مَرَّةٍ وَهُمْ لَا يَتَّقُونَ فَإِمَّا تَثْقَفَنَّهُمْ فِي الْحَرْبِ فَشَرِّدْ بِهِمْ من خلفهم لعلهم يذكرون 
السلام علیکم و رحمۃ اللہ وبرکاتہ